Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you serious? Hello there. This is How to Kill an Hour. My name is Marcus Bronzy. Oh, my. What a year we have had. 2020 is now behind us. But, man... It's been an interesting one for us, haven't it? We've had some ups and downs, haven't we? As a world, as a country, um, as a podcast, we've had quite a few ups as well, I've got to be honest. And I think like the most positive way of us coming out of 2020 and going into 2021 is by picking out the best things from How to Kill an Hour and celebrating them with you, the listener, um, and thanking you, really shall we say, for sticking with us through such turbulent times. I mean, we've had a great year. When it comes to podding, I mean, listen, there's more of you listeners, which we love and uh, are going to have more great content firing out for you in this year, 2021. Um, We've also won a podcast award, a British podcast award, which was very nice as well for our interview skill set. And we actually had a small celebratory set of episodes, uh, episode 100, where we went through kind of the best bits of our of our show over the last years with each of our presenters so when it kind of came to us doing a celebratory best bits of 2021 we didn't want to repeat too many things or repeat anything at all actually so what we've decided to do is collate our best interviews from 2020 and share them with you so that's what this episode and the following episode are going to be all about um so yeah i'm marcus bronzy your host for how to kill an hour thank you in advance for killing some time with me and episode 342 we actually had Two of the gentlemen from Top Gear, we had Paddy McGuinness and Chris Harris, and we had a chat with them just before they launched this new season of Top Gear, which was absolutely phenomenal, and they are continuing to create more Top Gear. I think, if I'm honest, Top Gear had a bit a wobbly few years, really, where there were some great presenters on it, and there were some not-so-great presenters on it, and it didn't really have the chemistry that it needed, really, I think in all episodes but now they seem to have really created something that clicks and works together but this was all just before this new season of top gear dropped so i had a chat with chris harris and uh paddy mcginnis uh freddie flintoff was i think he was getting his hair done at the time or he was in makeup or something just before they had a big uh screening in leicester square and we actually sat in Leicester Square, in the theatre that we're going to show the screen in and, and had a chat about, first things first, the chemistry between the gentlemen. So here's me having a chat with them about their chemistry. I'll be honest though, Chris, I feel like you get bullied a little bit sometimes by Freddie. <laughs> I mean, we've seen him almost rub some mud on you. We've seen him slap a melon almost. on your head. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh no, yeah. he does. He does, yeah. Put a melon on your head. Even I think his ball's connected with your head. Yeah, what yeah, other parts I, I, of his body are going to be touching in the next I, season? How many other people have been teabagged yeah. by an international rounder in Ethiopia? They look sweaty <laughs> as well in that. As yeah. You look pretty warm. And he's, that, he's yeah. getting old as well, so they're starting to really, they're <laughs> really, really yeah. droopy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I... <laughs> The, the whole the whole the whole bullying thing just makes me laugh when yeah. you when you're the small man wh- whichever group of people i'm in i'm always the smallest and the small one always takes a bit and you get used to that i like it i thrive on it mm. because ultimately i'll always win because i'm not as stupid as he so i'm 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 very i'm very happy with the balance and i expect to get a bit of grief i get my own back a bit in this series as well oh, God, so, so um yeah don't worry about it i'm certainly not the put upon one in this at all at all. I mean, look at my ears. You can't see them on the podcast, but I've got normal ears. Spock to my left here hasn't got normal ears. I'd rather be small with normal ears than bullying big with those. Bullying. <laughs> ear shaming, I think they call that. <laughs> it is, it is. That'll be that's a new one on Twitter, that. Ear you're ear shaming me. 
So there you go. Yeah, chemistry aplenty, which includes rinsing each other regularly. Uh, so there's plenty of that on the show as well, and it's it's fun to watch as well as the cars. But they do get up to some pretty tricky stunts during the show, and I wanted to ask them if anyone got hurt during filming. Not so much emotionally. Really? I was very injured emotionally, but uh, physically kind of okay, really. I mean, I'm surprised Flint's off still with us. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he spends most of his time trying to kill himself, and uh, he survived this time. He had a couple of yeah. close scrapes. He went off the end of a runway, lying on what can only be described as a skateboard with a rocket attached yeah. to it. And as, as I saw his legs start to bounce when he hit the grass, I thought, that doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a picture knocking around, I think. There's a green sports car and, and some sort of device that someone's You were in the green one, weren't you? I was, yeah. in a, I was driving a shed at the time, it, 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 an actual garden shed. Yeah. Uh, Fred was on this skateboard come rocket thing, and uh, what were you in? Skyline with 2,000 horsepower. There oh, you go. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm thinking of getting a sweepstake going in the office about um, how Flintoff's going to die. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be a bungee yeah. rocket thing. Yeah, we're going to, you know, but I'm going to get a few quid on it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't really do fear in the way that we all do fear. Yeah. He's, he's wired up differently, which is perfect for us. I mean, he was employed as a lab rat and he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's executing that perfectly. I mean, he dragged you into a few things last season. Uh, there was that, you know, the that finale. hearse. Oh, oh God, that wasn't, oh, there. that God. wasn't a great I mean, moment, was there it? Was, I mean, oh. the hearse, I mean. Yeah, that, yeah. that, that was, uh, I think that was that's partly his fault. I've got I've got to be honest because Fred's one of them people were, you know, when you go, someone tells you to put the hand in a fire, and you go, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Well, Fred would. He was that kid. At yeah, so school, he's yeah. going a bit faster, Fred, and yeah. he's like gets all excited, and the next thing we know, we're upside down and the roof's crushed, and we're all trapped in the car. Uh, so, and I'd like to think he'd learned his lesson from that. But I don't think he has. No, yeah, but no. before we worked with Fred, we never had a thing called an extraction unit. <laughs> now we do. <laughs> <laughs> but you had him jumping up on cliffs, though, didn't you, in the last season as well? That was, I mean, that's one thing, Chris. When you said, I don't like this, I am not feeling this, that kind of conveyed how scary it was. And Freddie's like, oh, yeah, go on, I'll have a go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, he doesn't really view it the way we do. It's quite strange. I've never met anyone like that. I thought I, thought I knew fearless people until I met Fred. No, but I think Fred's one of them where he, 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 he kind of thinks, because it's on telly, he thinks it's it's safe. <laughs> so he go, oh, it's all right, it's on telly. I'm like, no, no, but there's still like a 500 foot drop yeah, there, Fred. Yeah. That doesn't change with telly. They don't, when you fall off the cliff, go, caught, and the car just, just hovers and then they put it back on. Yeah. It's still real, but in his head, it's on telly, so it'll be fine. Yeah, the when you see later on the premiere with this bungee jump stunt we've done with him, I mean, blimey, O'Reilly. But there were, I was there that day, there were a few moments where even he thought, this is not too funny. Yeah, and that stunt absolutely looks mental in the show. And what's great about Top Gear is you can check it on BBC iPlayer. If you're here in the UK, I think you can watch Top Gear if you're in other parts of the world, but you're going to have to find out where that's served because, to be honest, I do not know. One more thing the gentleman spoke about is their travelling etiquette. And I think you learn a lot about Paddy and Chris here. When we're travelling anywhere in the world, right, Chris is the kind of guy who pulls you up and has a go at you because you've got a suitcase. Right now, that's in a. You're on a plane. You've got a suitcase. He goes, look at look at Mariah Curry with his suitcase. I'm like, that's what people take with them on holiday. Chris. No, they don't. They take well, a small he's, bag. He's literally a Tesco shopping bag or waitrose in Chris's case uh, with a pair of underpants in it. That's him. Scandalous. Uh, travel, travel light and yeah. be wieldy. Then you're manageable. You can you can react to situations. You turn up with two suitcases, load what? of white linen. I mean, honestly, it's like Beyonce. Uh, and one lad like yourself uh, as well. Uh, oh, that was a, that don't, was a don't, long don't time start. ago. If you're going on holiday, you've got a suitcase. Yeah, don't got, tell me one. you've not I've got, got a suitcase. I've got the one case, yeah. Listen, he pulled me up when I first met him because he saw me put aftershave on. I'm like, <laughs> Why Chris, do this that? is just a Why normal... Do that? This is just what people do. No, it's not. One bath a week and travel light. <laughs> uh, one bath a week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What's, what's Freddie like? He looks like he's a bit of a, a, a classic sportsman now. Yeah, when it comes to his kind of etiquette. He's, you, I keep me on him because he's very. He has a style team, Fred, doesn't he? What? He has like a guy. Well, he's, he's, he's got his own ball. fashion line, Flint off by Giacomo. Giacomo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's always getting his, get his uh, touched off by yeah, someone yeah. and what have you. So yeah, he's. Uh, Let's say Fred has bought into the sartorial side of life. He likes <laughs> to look good. Um, I don't really understand Bad any of that. Footwear. 
What's wrong with his footwork? He's got big feet, hasn't well, he? No, but some of the stuff he wears in studio, these night trainers he wears with the big, like, aluminous balls underneath and all, I don't get that. Well, I mean, I mean, I, that's, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, Paddy, you've got a fancy pair of kicks on right now. Yeah, but they're just a white pair. Yeah, but trainers. what I'm saying is there's nothing there going on. They're just there. Fat Whereas Fred's have like all these kinds of things. I think on the bottom of it. There you go. Oh, there we go. That's underneath. That's underneath. That's underneath. That's just underneath. I've never even heard of them. That's a lady's stat. That is a lady's stat. You can buy lubes with like all spikes on the front and all that. That's not me. Terrible. Just a nice, simple pair. I like that. But uh, Fred the, wears these ones like where they've got like these mad gel things underneath and all that carry on. It must be what, just air bubbles. Is that what they are? Yeah, I have not. He's big into those. <laughs> he's <laughs> loves but, the but air They make bubbles. him even taller because he lies yeah. about his height. I've never met anyone that lies about their height downgrading it. He says really? he's six yeah. foot four. He's not. He's a good I six said, six. I, I said to him once, uh, "What are them?" He went, "Yeezys." I went, "You're forty two. I went, you're not, don't be giving it Yeezys at that age. Also, the way these two say Yeezy. Them Yeezys. The Yeezys. Yeezys. I'm like, you can't be wearing them at your age. Have you not picked up any greater Manchester or Lancashireisms then, hanging around these two guys? I'm, I'm starting to understand the way they talk a bit. Um, I love the fact that when the show goes out in America, they have subtitles. I'm not kidding. They both what, have subtitles. They have subtitles, yeah. those two, and I don't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they, no, it's impenetrable, isn't it? At times, you know, when he starts talking about that's reet, that is, that's reet. Yeah. It's it, when when we're chatting, me and Fred, and then Chris pulls us up on something. When he does tell us how it's supposed to be done properly, I do go, "Oh yeah, I get that," but I, I take no notice of it. Oh, that's reet. That is, I'll have a balm cake. Thanks. How you doing? You all right? I think I'm doing all right. Lancashire accent. One of the other things we spoke about was what they learnt from each other during the filming process. When you're doing something a lot, you get you get better at it. Um, you say that, but, but I've been I've done two studios with you, and you still say I'm shit. Yeah, apart from that, <laughs> apart, from, <laughs> apart from you're presenting. But other than that, yeah. But I think yeah, because you know, I, I always ask Chris about certain things when we're driving and what have you, or about you know taking corners faster and that's you know you'd be daft not to pick his brains for that but also as well we have a lot of pro pro drivers you never see on camera who do you know they do the fantastic drivers they do so much stuff outside of top gear so yeah if you're not picking their brains when you've got a chance you know you you've been a fool to yourself so yeah i think things have definitely improved i could be a bit glib at this point and say that they both can drive pretty damn well they're much better than the average driver um, and you couldn't really do this job if you were totally incompetent behind the wheel. It mm. wouldn't be possible. Although, having said that, there's probably been previous Top Gear presenters that have been hopeless behind the <laughs> wheel. Oh, oh, shots fired. Oh, <laughs> controversial. Yeah, do you feel like your studio game or your banter's better now rolling with these guys? No, no, my, my, my banter's... Do you banter, know what a bomb is yet? No. No, oh, no. Okay. Oh, so, oh, so, so my, um, yeah, so my, my chat's terrible, according to Paddy, and the right. studios. When we get, when we prepare ourselves for the studios, the chat I get, we have a run through beforehand. Yeah, and um, quite often in the run through, I'll have a little snipe, and he always pauses and goes, "You complete mug." Wait for when we're recording it, yeah. and the always standard line is another great line that you didn't deliver on camera. Yeah, he does all his best stuff <laughs> yeah. off camera. And I'm like, when it's on, that helps us, Chris. <laughs> time, yeah. Do it when that light goes red. Do it then. But he, and when when it does go red, he just stands like that. Hate it. Absolutely like, hate what it. I want to sign a contract where I don't do the studio. I just <laughs> cock about outside in the cars. The yeah. studio. The studio. Just it to you afterwards. <laughs> so yeah, that was the gentleman from Top Gear, Chris Harris and Paddy McGuinness. Uh, like I said, make sure you go check that out on the iPlayer. Another great interviewee that we had was from a totally different world, from explosive cars to explosive explosive wrestling we had wwe's coffee kingston on the show and yeah at the time he was having a great time in his career and he still is now in episode 341 uh, one of the first things we spoke about before we even spoke about his very interesting way of of attacking wrestling and his energy was his trip to ghana it was incredible uh amazing amazing in so many ways it had been 26 years since i had been there last um to be able to come back as wwe champion they're all familiar with the product over there and um you know they understood the significance and the joy and happiness that i felt from them um was unmatched you know um they they welcomed me back with open arms i got to do so many cool things um i got to meet the president i got to meet the ashanti king um and give them WWE titles. Like, in what world, you know what I'm saying, are, are we in that we can give the president of a country 
a handshake. Oh, by the way, here's a title. And then to see him light up, ah, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, like what is happening right now? Because uh, my mom does a lot of work with the president. She works for uh, UNESCO. Um, so she's the one who kind of orchestrated and organized this whole experience. Initially, we wanted it to be seven days. We don't have that kind of time, being that we have to go back and forth from shows, but we squeezed seven days of um, events into four days. And um, I say this all the time, like I never felt tired. I was, the, the energy was just so amazing to be able to uplift people and to be able to show children at schools that anything is possible. Look, there's even a Ghanaian name on this most prestigious prize in in WWE and all of wrestling. Here, look, it says Kofi right there and they're looking at it like, oh, their minds are blown and I'm excited to see like if that moment is the catalyst to spark you, you know, to spark them to go and on and do great things and believe in themselves. Um, that to me is the most important aspect of number one, going there. Uh, and then also being a WWE superstar, being able to influence people. People listen to me because I'm on TV and they forget like, okay, the, I'm just a guy, you know, just like you. I was in the same position. And, um, the only reason that I'm here is because I had the courage to go out and follow my dream. If I didn't, I don't know what I'd be doing, but I definitely wouldn't be enjoying my life as much as I am now. So um, spreading that message is so important to me because you only get one life and you need to live it to the fullest by going out and achieving your dreams. It's um, it's the difference maker, you know, between I'm not going to say like your life is terrible if you don't follow your dreams. But I'll tell you what, it's a lot better if you do. It's a lot more fun. Do you know what? What I love about Kofi is that he's just got such positive energy. The day that we recorded this podcast, it was like a miserable British day in Brighton. It was like crappy weather outside. Some of the other superstars were walking around and they just seemed a bit like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Just like, yo, I know it's a cruddy day, but let's just all put a smile on and crack on with the press. But as soon as we got into the room with Kofi, he was just like, hey, man, what's going on? Had real good energy and it was just such a bright interview from a man who understands wrestling has worked in it for a while is really appreciative of of you know the levels that he's at now and i think that's kind of what makes him a great wrestler to watch he, he gets the game and and you know he he knows how to bring excitement to it and one of the things that he does that's very exciting is stopping himself from getting eliminated from royal rumbles by balancing on various things so obviously we had to speak about the kofi rumble technique Oh, I don't see. I don't even try to rank them, man. I just it's hard enough to try to come up with them. You know what I'm saying? I just put them out there. And if people like them, they like them. If not, that's cool, too. Uh, but I, I saw it as an opportunity when uh, John Morrison left the company. There was one year where he got um, like hit off of the apron and he jumped all the way to the barricade and like parkoured his way back to the ring. And then the next year he wasn't there. And I was like, oh, I'll do something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So then fast forward a decade later, every year you have a, uh, a, a Kofi Kingston Royal Rumble moment. Um, this past year, though, uh, we got some of these young guys and young women out here making it real, real difficult. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Casey, uh, you know, is, is making it real hard out there, just <laughs> handstanding. And she's like the incredible little gymnast who can do all these things. So, um I think for me, the next greatest trick would be to win. You know, all the other stuff aside, like that's the goal is to win, right? You want to become WWE champion. You want to have another match at WrestleMania. So that's my goal now. Uh, and then let all the, these young booties, these young kids go out there and, and, uh, and, and do these stunts. But you know, I'll, I'll probably do something. We'll see. You know which one the kids at home are doing the most? Don't yeah. the home kids. Yeah. The, uh, it's definitely got to be the office chair one. I'm, oh, is that? That, that, that got me looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. That, was, that had me, that had, that had my heart. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, this could go sideways because office chairs aren't designed. For no, this they're action. not. And office chair, man. yeah, and then um, when so it was funny because so Hornswoggle when he was with the company uh, and even still he's like the guy who I bounced these ideas off of yeah. and uh, he's like, oh, what are you gonna do this year, Kofi? I'm like, bro, I don't know, man. Like, if I come up with something, I will. If not, then I'll just get thrown out of the ring. It's not a big deal. Oh, what are you gonna do this year? You're gonna what are you gonna get a pogo stick? Oh, and he's like laughing. I was like, huh? Wait a minute. Pogo stick, huh? Do they have anything around the ring? Can I use a kendo stick? No. Oh, the chair. I'm going to try it tomorrow. And this is literally a day before. 
I, I didn't have anything before, you know? Um, so then I go and then I'm looking at the, uh, the stuff and I'm like, Oh, this is entirely feasible, you know? And I'm like hopping on it and everything. Actually, no, I started hopping on it in the hotel room and he's like, Oh my God, that's what you got to do. I'm like, cool. So we'll figure it out. Like I get a lot of credit for these things, but you know, if, um, uh, Tenzai doesn't put me on the, uh, the apron, then I don't get to do it. If Rusev doesn't catch me and put me on the barricade, then like I don't get to even do that. If, uh, the rosebuds don't catch me and they carried me around, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I got carried around. I got credit for this like cool elimination. Woods and E launching me up into the ring. Like they launched me. I just, I was just there standing on one foot, you know? But, um, yeah, it was, uh, like the, the pogo stick one was, was dangerous. Cause then you saw like this, the, the chair kind of started like tipping forward. I was yeah. like, Oh. Oh my God. Like, oh, and now, and then, yeah. What kind of quality of fish you know, is this? Where do they put? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if it's made, I know. And then I used to work at, uh, at, for Staples, which was another, and that the chair section was one of my sections in the magazine to be responsible for. So it all came full circle, you know? Um, but yeah, that one was, uh, that one was pretty dangerous. And then the chair started like rotating too. And I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. Now I have to hop like backwards. I'm like, I hope this chair doesn't break. Yeah. And luckily, you know, here we are. And see, that positivity put Kofi in an amazing place. He became a WWE champion, managed to hold it for 180 days before Brock Lesnar made short work of him by kind of hitting him with a special move at F5 in under 10 seconds. But I mean, his reign, Kofi Mania, was a real good vibe. Uh, Him getting all the way to WrestleMania was amazing. And he was just pure positivity. And obviously, we wanted to discuss that at the time. It's been uh, it's been crazy uh, going from the beginning of the year to where I didn't know what I was going to be doing on WrestleMania. Honestly, I don't think there are any plans to have myself, Woods, or E included in WrestleMania. There wasn't a plan for like a big tag team match like there normally is. Uh, we didn't have any storylines going into it. And then all of a sudden, going into Elimination Chamber, um, Ali gets um, hurt by Randy Orton. And um, I'm his replacement in the elimination chamber. Uh, had to go through uh, a gauntlet match to get there. And I remember getting the call. And um, Road Dog, who was, you know, writing SmackDown at the time, was like, hey, we're going to have you replace Ali in the in the gauntlet match. Can you can you go for at least an hour? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Hang up the phone. I'm like, man, I don't do any cardio like this. You know what I mean? Like, of course, you're like mentally ready and yeah, you don't say, no, I, I'm sorry, an hour. I can't do it. Give it, give the opportunity to someone else. I just, I can't do it. You know, um, you say that you can do it and then you kind of go out there and you, you know, you, you figure it out. I remember, uh, having, um, Dr. Tom Pritchard as a coach. And one of the things that he made us do in, uh, in, um, FCW was have hour long Broadways. So this was a decade ago. We were forced to get in there in the Tampa heat, humidity, sweating in your eyes, no AC in the building. And you had to be in there in the ring for an hour, one on one. And um, once you did it, it was like, man, I'm alive. I, you know, I, I can do this. So uh, having had that match, I had no fear going into this gauntlet match, even if it was over a decade later. Like, yeah, like I've done it before, so I can I can do it again. Uh, so. Yeah, after we did that, like the fans were just like so like starting to get real real passionate as far as their support for me and then at the elimination chamber when it came down after I beat uh Randy and then it was me and Daniel Bryan and then everyone in Houston's like, "Oh my god, it's happening." And that but just before their eyes like this dream of Kofi Kingston as WWE champion was this close and now they just start everyone's coming out of their seats, you know? And um that was the the birth of Kofi Mania, you know, and it, I always say like it's not cool when I say it because I don't know, it just sounds weird for me to say, but it was definitely cool to experience and watch people get rapidly behind this movement and uh, just real. I'm, I'm fortunate to have had that level of support from the WWE universe like you that's what you hope for as a guy you know as a good guy on the roster for people to support you like that you know um so it was crazy to have to go through that whole process and uh, i think when um the uh elimination chamber went about we had two more pay-per-views before uh wrestlemania i forget which one came after elimination chamber was it fast lane i think uh and then WrestleMania after that. So we had like a legit month and a half that we had to like draw people out. And initially the plan was not for me to go all the way to WrestleMania. But um, the more that the fans kept getting behind it, you know, the 
this was the direction that we needed to go. And I'm so glad that we actually decided to go do what should have been done because there's so many times where the fans will be in such support and then for whatever reason, we want to go in a different direction and we don't get to pay it off. So uh, it was something where people were literally investing all of their emotion behind this moment. And um, like I said, I'm just so fortunate to have experienced that as a WWE superstar. This is what you dream about. You want to have a moment that affects people emotionally like down to the core and uh after i won at wrestlemania just everybody in the arena eighty-five thousand people on their feet cheering crying and enjoy and um on social media same thing you know kids crying grown men crying you know in bars and just it was a really cool moment to be a part of and then obviously um when you become wwe champion now I'm just like, oh my God, they're going to take it away from me the next night. You know, like they did Zack Ryder, right? When he won the Intercontinental Championship and then he loses the next night. I'm like, oh, they gave him their moment. They're going to take it away. Because initially I wasn't scheduled to be on Raw. And then <clears throat> I get a call to be on Raw. And I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, oh, take it on set. They're going to, you know, unify the titles. Here we go. But they didn't go that route. I was like, oh, okay, one week goes by. I'm like, I'm still champ. Okay, month goes by. I'm like, all right, we're still champ. You know, six months later, um, you uh, had one of the longest reigns in recent history. So, um, and I got to wrestle a lot of great competitors along the way. So that's what you strive for as a WWE superstar. You want to have the best matches when you're the champion. You want to go up against the best. So for me to go up against guys like Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton, um, Daniel Bryan in that six-month period, um, Sami Zayn, you know what I'm saying? Um, that is what I wanted to do is to make sure that the rain itself was um, was a good rain. So... Um, then you then you hit Brock Lesnar, you know. So and it all comes to a screeching halt, and uh, and 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 that's it, you know. But at the same time, um, six months is a long time, almost to the day, you know, almost exactly a six month reign. And um, and I, I this is my my coping mechanism, you know. I say uh, Ric Flair couldn't have been a sixteen time champion without losing fifteen times, you know. So hopefully this is a. a the, the first of many championships but again it took me 11 years to get here but you just have no idea what the, what the next step is going to be so um, it is what it is you know what I mean it is what it is and uh, you do what you can with what you're given and try to make the best of it another great guest that we had episode 352 was Tez Ilias he's an amazing comedian he was based up in Blackburn at the time we were having the conversation he was isolating himself uh, and we spoke about a lot of the giving natures of companies over lockdown uh, during our chat. And this was right at the start of lockdown. One company that was being really given was Pornhub. Anyway, I'll let the clip do the talking. Other streaming platforms are looking after us as well. Pornhub is handing out free Pornhub premium memberships for everyone. This was announced on the 26th of March. If you're looking for another reason to stay indoors and out of sight, the good old people at Pornhub have just given you a handful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. What? Wow. That's, um, in, in these lean comedy times, you got to take what you can get. And that was nice. And, and I'm not even a comedian. So, well, you know what? You thank it. you for giving me a bit of support there. You could have just let me sit it. in it silently. <laughs> but yeah, that's right, man. Like, apparently, the, the, you know, traffic is up on porn sites. A lot of, lot of people are knocking it out. Like, why not? They've well, got a lot of time. So um, they're giving you 30 straight days, Pornhub. Nice. Well, yeah. the, the thing is, like, it's, it's that or... In nine months' time, everyone's going to come... People who are coupled up are going to come out with a baby in it. So... So where do you put your energy? Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, and I think I don't want to have these COVID kids trying to talk to me in a few years time. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not about that COVID kid lifestyle. What's your, what's your name? <laughs> Corona. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine there's a kid called Corona? Out Bro, there? There's going to be, be a kid called Corona in it. Um, so <laughs> I got an email. So I, I have a Gmail account that I rarely use. Yeah. And I got an email from Pornhub saying, click on this link to verify your email. And I was like, I don't remember signing up for this. And I'm saying that legit. I don't remember signing up for, for initially you get those, you get those emails in it. They think are yeah, spam. Yeah. So yeah. I clicked on their email and it was legit at pornhub.com in it. And I was like, rah, this is from them. But I was like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'd heard they were doing it. And I was like, but I don't remember signing. So either a good Samaritan has signed up for this or they have massively Obviously. just, just broken the GDPR rules. I don't know what's going on yet, <laughs> but either way, <laughs> I just want to say I deleted the email because I'm trying to live that porn-free life over the last couple of years because it Fair is enough. a problem. So I appreciate what they're doing, but but right now I'm good. Maybe I'll come back in a month's time with the trials and then I'm gone, what have I done? But 
Yeah. But, but for now, I'm okay. All right, but I'm just saying it's out there. Those 30 days are out there if somebody wants a nice a nice month to help flatten the curve. They want people to stay inside and wash their hands, preferably I mean, I mean, what afterwards. That, what does that even look like? That first, that red bit? Yeah, it's very phallic, doesn't it? It's very phallic, bruv. And they're going yeah, flatten, flatten the phallic by going on porn, Pornhub. And that is yeah. some, some, some good innuendo there. I like it, man. I mean, I, th- I think Pornhub have always been ahead of the curve when it comes to kind of supporting people out there. And the fact that they're giving out some free premium porn, I think it's a good thing, man. Stay at home hub is the vibe right now that we're on. I like it. But <laughs> <laughs> but do you, do you, apparently condom sales are gone up as well. Condom, there's a, a shortage of condoms on the horizon. Have you heard about this as I, well? I, I haven't. I mean, I don't have that problem in it. I'm at home with my mum, so man, man, <laughs> man, man has sworn that man has sworn that celibate life in it. I'm not saying it's been forced <laughs> upon me, but I'm, be, I'm feeling very zen right now. <laughs> You know what those people? I, mean, I was thinking about. You're this too last... old to be getting caught knocking one out by your mum in it. That's not. Man, that's embarrassing, isn't it, bruv? And I can't be having it like what watching porn with these on, bruv. What am I? <laughs> so that the sound doesn't bleed out. Nah, Silent man. strokes. Yeah. Ex- oh, yeah. Exactly. I don't know how loud I'm being. <laughs> Make for some awkward breakfasts. Come downstairs the next oh, day. Man. Your mum's looking at you like fucking dickhead. I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, sorry, you were saying, mate. Uh, I was yeah, just saying, yeah. I had that thought, like, you know, smug people that every, like, there's always like one or two of your friends that in January, like, for the news resolution, they'd be like, you know what? I've had a mad year, yeah, and, and I'm feeling a bit heartbroken. I think I'm going to be celibate this year. And, <laughs> and, and you're like, you're not going to manage that, innit? Bro, those people are bare <laughs> smug right now. Bare smug right now. Going, Mm, was I not going to manage it? Was I not going to manage it? I think I'm going to manage it fine. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. I've not even spoken to another woman for the last 60 days, bro. What are you talking about? I've done it. I'm, there are some people. Wow. Do you know what? Forget the baby boom that's going to happen. That people are saying is happening now. When people finally get out and bro, they get on these streets it's gonna and be- they go to clubs and bars and drink. Bro, it's, it's going to be a comeback, isn't it? Bro, it is going to be insane. It's going to be absolutely, I mean, a lube's going to be, forget toilet roll, lube's going to be sold out oh. now, condoms are going to be sold out. Are you seeing someone? Yes, yes, I, I'm, I'm taking, bro. I'm, you, not, I'm you, not going to be part of this. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm saying, like, yeah, <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend like man's not already arranging the post-corona party, in Smash! It. And, and, oh, and, and then this guy's... Yeah, oh. so I've got, I've got the Monday oh. here, Tuesday in yeah, Nottingham, yeah. Wednesday in yeah. Glasgow, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, the post corona smash is going to be insane, bro. There's going to be a um, lot of smashing going on. There's going to be a lot of um, gum clinic visits in a month, a month after po- after post corona. <laughs> there's going to be like flatten the curve. Please use a condom. Yeah, there's going to be a pra- <laughs> the prime minister's going to give us an address and be like, look, guys, uh, we just want to stay, uh, say well done for staying at home, but now you you need to wear a condom because the gum <laughs> clinics are becoming um um um, um just just. Just, just inundated with, yeah. uh, with, with clap. It's gonna be a new kind of clap. It's gonna be clap twenty twenty, yeah. bruv. Clap nineteen is gonna go round. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're still waiting to see if clap nineteen becomes an actual thing. I mean, we were joking about it, but boy, um. It's feasible, isn't it? After looking at what twenty twenty has thrown at us. Also, I had Russell Kane on the show, episode three five six. Everybody's dealing with the COVID situation in different ways. I asked Russell how he was. Um, well, I've thrown myself into work massively. Uh, so I, the first day of lockdown, I just hit the phones. I scheduled lots of things. And my my thinking was this. Um, Marcus, can I just... The tumble dryer is, is really bugging me. Can I close the... Please, please, we can start again and we can leave that in because that is no, what no, it's no, like it at the moment. No, no, you probably want to... This is what people. this is what it's like. Is, this is what it's like now. That is the noise of a Beko uh, one thousand uh, spin and tumble combined cycle. The nerds are now jacking off hearing that in the background. So anyway, oh my gosh, what's the RPM? Oh, <laughs> it's a. Uh, I decided that um, I was going to throw myself straight in, and I yeah. knew the way the market was going to go. If you like, for us, because if you're a live performer, it's obviously everything's going to drift onto virtual. Now I got a little bit lucky in that three or four years ago, I started doing these things called um, canings, which are they're somewhere in between just doing a funny monologue and 
doing stand-up on your own in the bedroom. Now, doing stand-up on your own in the bedroom and trying to be funny with no audience is cringe. There's no way around it. But blogging and just talking on YouTube, everyone's used to seeing. So I wondered whether there was something halfway in between where I've got the body language of stand-up, but the timing slightly different. Incredibly difficult. No one's got a natural talent for it. The only way you could do it is learn it by getting it wrong for about two years. Well, what, aren't I the lucky little bastard that <laughs> I just happen to have practiced a format I need? There's no other way of getting stand-up out there. And um, yeah. so I've just jumped in doing two of those a week, topical stand-ups all about the lockdown and really throwing myself into it. Yeah, man, and you and you and you're nailing it. Like, how do you do them? Because they they're proper. Like, bam, 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 bam. You smash the jokes out. So, like, do you just get on and rant? And 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 how does it turn from what you do to? So what I try, when I, when I do a live when I do a live tour day before I go into like the tour shows, like say two hours total with an interval, but only about ninety minutes of that is whatever the show's about. Like, yeah, my dad, my life, my wife, whatever. And the first ten minutes is always me improvising. So I've got like that weird slightly trippy something not wired right in my brain as long as the adrenaline's pumping and there's audience there i can make do that sort of ross nobly stuff but high energy in my own style um so i i my brain for whatever egotistical pathetic narcissistic reason as soon as i'm filming myself in my bedroom with no one watching my brain thinks goes into audience mode i don't know why thank god it does so what i do is i write a few bullet points say i'm going to talk about the soldier that walked around his garden. I'm going to talk about people that choose to sunbathe over not get coronavirus. And I'm going to talk about people that wear gloves to go to the supermarket. That's <laughs> all I'll start with three bullets and maybe a couple of silly things I've thought of in the shower while I'm getting ready or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I'll just start improvising. So I will rant to the camera for 10 minutes, say 12 minutes, 13 minutes max. So the raw footage you would see is me sort of stood around going, oh, I know, I know, I'll do an impression of a soldier over here and then do a walk of the soldier and then I'll do a silly face. Then I'll think of something funny to say. And then I'll run downstairs, stick it on the laptop and cut it down to, well, it used to be three or four minutes, but now I'm doing sort of six, seven, eight minute videos now. Oh mate, yeah, 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 they're they're really long. I mean, one of them even made a kind of a a caning made an appearance on on BBC last night, really. I feel like that's what it was. I know, and uh, yeah, so that's what, what's happened is. Sorry, one second, Mark. Sorry. Do you know what? While, while Russell takes care of this, I just want to say this is indicative of all Zoom conversations and all online conversations now. Everyone's juggling doing stuff at the moment. Before we even no, no, the today, Russell was doing some business. I was like, oh, Russell, don't mind if I just send a quick email, do you? Just got 30 seconds. It, it, it's, it's very unusual, but just so just so listeners know what's happening, it's the most Essex. I hate stereotypes, <laughs> sadly. I, 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 my mate's flogging a car on my behalf, and I've got to check the money's credit. I mean, yeah. it, chassis number, blow talks your chassis number off. No, so what, what's happened is. I mean, I'm always busy and always working anyway, and I'm always doing the usual stuff, eight out of 10 cats, this, that, and the other. But the reason I suppose I'm getting my phones ringing slightly louder than I would have expected with everything that's going on is I've got a reputation for being able, people know that format works. So for something like Big Night In, which at the time you and I were speaking, it was on last night, um, they know I'm a safe bet. I'm going to be able to polish that off in you know, and so I just dropped them a little 30 second funny video. And I've got a few more things coming on as well. One on channel four, one on BBC two. Yeah. And not, it's not like you can earn money from it, but it's just keeping the, you know, the, uh, the content ticking over. You did it for a good cause. Also, I've got a little clip of it here. I think you kind of used it as an excuse to diss someone in your household. There are two types of people on lockdown and we're living with each other. There's my team, the meerkats, with springs attached to our bodies, bouncing up and down, doing the Joe Wicks workout every day, running up and down the stairs, doing four loads of washing, planning, tidying, organising. And then there's the other group, the people we live with. Laid back, did Buddhism when they were 17. Don't let things stress you. Here's a sock to mess up your day. Your sock dropping, didn't pick up butter from the shop, dirty toilet idiots. Who was that directed at, Russell? And that is the cleaned up version of that joke, as you can imagine. <laughs> but that is, that is paradoxically, I think, I don't know what your domestic setup is. I can't remember, Mark. You married? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm taken. Not married, but yeah, taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taken, claimed. And, uh, but the, um, the, the, in my experiences, most relationships have sort of a tigger and a, and a tortoise, mostly. And the more opposite they are, 
the more it seems to work, but the more they wind each other up. Yeah. So, you know, Lindsay just doesn't get angry or bothered. And again, we've missed the flight. It doesn't matter. We can have a holiday at the airport. She's one of those. <laughs> Whereas I'm like got a vein bulging out, so, out the side of my head. If, you know, I'm two minutes late getting out of bed, we made a schedule. It's 7.32. Yeah. But we sort of we give each other something we need, if you know what I mean. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there needs to be a bit of balance. If, you, if you're both... The, the clean freaks I don't think I think it, it ends up being jarring yeah. one of you jars the other because it becomes like a who's cleanest competition no I, I'm more OCD Absolutely. than you and if you've got two filth points yeah go on yeah you need to, so, someone needs to place the rocket up the bum and someone needs to receive the rocket someone so you need to a giver and a receiver yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so you need a giver and a receiver so you're, you're either the one that needs the rocket up the arse or you're the one lighting the rocket like all relationships yeah like all relationships yeah um, so yeah, like, so you're managing to churn out your content and you're managing to really stay on top of things. I mean, what, what is your tech set up at the moment? Because I find everyone's got to do stuff from home. So you've got to be quite clever with the way that you get your content out. How are you making stuff? Uh, I get, including last night, a lot of messages from people who are quite sort of far on in the business game. What camera are you using, man? I want to treat myself. What's your tech? Your videos look so sharp. Didn't look sharp on telly last night, obviously, because it's been blown up to 25 frames per second for TV. But if you look on my channel, people think I'm using some DSLR camera or some big setup with lighting. All I do... I mean, uh, is literally a window like this. Sometimes this window is now covered in historical figures where I'm pretending to homeschool. I literally put a sat-nav holder, boom, on the window. I put my iPhone X, not the latest one, not the posh one, selfie camera, not even the better flip camera, into the sat-nav, and I speak into my mm-hmm. landscaped phone. Natural light. A, a sat-nav holder on a window. That is, that is it. No mic. So I... I no, no mic, the mic from the phone. And, uh, and then when I'm done, I airdrop it onto my um, MacBook and I use the built-in editing software iMovie to cut it. So the answer to the question is that when did you, that's a lot of people ask me, why did you decide to do jump cuts? It's so funny the way you teleport around the screen. Does anyone know another way I could record it? Because if I'm using one camera, I don't really have much choice. I'm not going to nail one take in like eight minutes. So I have to teleport. So I didn't put jump cuts in because I think they're hilarious. They were invented in about 1930 by a French film director. It's hardly innovative. I put them in because I've got no choice. I've got one camera. So I've turned a negative into a positive. And the original concept four years ago was if I just do like a funny face or I appear with my bum sticking out, it'll be like a funny, surreal thing. And it allows me to appear somewhere else to finish a thought. So this thing i've done to cover up my dearth of equipment has turned into a feature that people think i'm doing on purpose because i'm this high energy crazy guy but in fact it was like a lot of inventions like blue tack being a leftover in a factory like marmite being the leftover in a yeast factory someone's looked at some leftovers and gone my god maybe this is part of the product yeah yeah and li- and because it's so easy to do i guess that's why you're able to do it when you're out and about because over the years i've seen you in different locations i mean you have got your spot yeah your, your spot which kind of looks like a, a bedroom maybe or room that you use mm. it. but yeah all like all your yeah. dressing rooms that you're in you just slap it up and crack on the same style it's, it comes down to if you're trying to film stuff with your own cat and all you've got is your just your bog standard iphone um camera and you've got to use the selfie front camera because otherwise how can you check your frame although i do know a hack for that remind me to give you that in a sec yeah um then you need light if you don't have camera then you need light and the other thing to be wary of if someone's listening to this and think well i do want to you know imagine what i could achieve with a really great canon e60 or something the thing to be aware of be very wary of is they are made for amazing photos or for you sat there doing a video as soon as you move that auto lens takes a second to go and find you so what happens is you sit down to the editing suite and you start a thought over to the right side of frame and it's some hilarious sentence comes out of your mouth and you're soft and it takes a second for that to focus so although the camera is quality and you'll be able to spot the ones on my official russell kane facebook page where i've used my posh uh, camera look a different world of clarity filming is a headache because if i'm going the thing about slow people is and i want to jump over here and go they drag their heels around the house i've got to pause focus deliver line and the timing is never the same as when i've run across bounced off the bed and hit it in the breath i want to hit it so that's the, the note of caution i would say people now the hack i mentioned 
how can we use a phone to film ourselves, particularly during lockdown? And if we want to use the other side of the phone where the camera is slightly higher quality, how can we do that and see ourselves in frame? Because you might end up cutting your hair off. Well, if you're um, like a depressing majority of us, an iPhone and MacBook user, this is the hack I know. So obviously it's, um, is that called a lightning cable, Marcus? Yeah, yeah, that is, yeah. Yeah. So what you, you obviously you've got a lightning cable in the bottom of, of your phone, but your laptop has got a USB-C charger. So what you need, you need a USB-C to lightning cable. It's about four quid on Amazon. Get it delivered. Go USB-C to lightning and go into QuickTime. In QuickTime, change the input camera to your phone. Your laptop then becomes a monitor. So you stick your phone in your um drive out above your laptop and you can just obviously you can't look down at your own face but you can see roughly that you're in frame enabling you to use the reverse camera which some some websites want or you might want to try nice. so there's a little hack there nice how'd you find it took that me one? a long while to find that out a long while a lot of digging so i put that out there to help people use that reverse camera because there's only so much you can get out of the selfie camera on these phones you see yeah i love it man and and i do like the fact that you keep it like a real simple setup so you can just focus on the content because you do you do quite a lot of these man and i feel like it's there's obviously there's a lot to talk about now with corona every single day but you've been doing it for three years so the fact that you can just slap the camera up and then all you have to focus on is just getting your content out must be quite relaxing it means that you've not got a fart around setting up because you know when you're doing like your proper tv stuff and, and even when you're doing your live shows there's a lot of tech setup isn't there to do it's, it's liberating. It's liberating. It's liberating on two levels. One, I mean, for, for example, you might not even remember this, but about two or three years ago, a United Airlines passenger was dragged off of a, an aeroplane. I think he was like a, a Thai, Chinese, Indonesian guy. Do you remember? He was dragged off kicking and screaming oh, yeah. and abused by the staff. And it was a, it was a massive scandal. And um, we, we were literally getting ready to go out for dinner. Me, Lindsay and Minna, that's my daughter. And I knew that um, there was a topical program recording that day in London. Have I got news to you that I wasn't on that week? I thought they're going to get in first with the jokes. By the time my wife and daughter had got everything sorted and were in the car, I on the window, re- improvised for eight minutes, knowing that when I get back, I can edit that. I could still enjoy my wine at dinner. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to have a drink at dinner because my brain switches off. And so I, I hit that before the baby was strapped into the car seat. Came back home, my eight minutes was there, cut it, dropped it the next morning. I was ahead of a vibrant news for you, Mock of the Week, all these people. So I got in because I knew some of the jokes were quite obvious that I was doing, meaning the other programs can probably gonna do them as well. So I thought, bang, get in first. So you can it's liberating in a tech sense, the ease of setup, but it's liberating in the reactive sense as well. Yeah. In that the marching um captain, Tom, who generated the unbelievable <laughs> twenty million. What a guy. I know I have to shame everyone, but um, I thought <laughs> I need to get, I need to get that content out Friday lunchtime. So I, yeah. I wouldn't normally drop on Friday 1 PM because your peak traffic's 8, 9 PM at the moment. Um, but I thought getting at 1 PM that way, no one can say that I've copied Ian Hislop or Jimmy Carr or, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever's or Paul Merton, whoever's on that night, I get him first. So it's liberating in that sense. If I can get to two, one, two, 300,000 views by then, that's good. And it's all, it's also when I appear on those programs, I love doing them. I love going on Graham Norton or loose women or anything. I'm just a chatterbox. I love being on anything. But if you see me on the Graham Norton couch being hilariously funny, you've still got to translate. Oh, he's quite funny when he's bantering, but is he funny when he's on stage with a microphone? Whereas there's less translation between me monologuing down a webcam than there is than there is with me sat on a couch yeah. so i don't mean to be crude or crass but it's a business at the end of the day there's more conversion to people coming to the theater when i do these than if i appear on a freaking two million people watching chat show i mean it's, um, it's unbelievable but it, yeah. it's the truth isn't it interesting how much russell kane understands about interactive times how content works and how he kind of uses that to just get his content to maximum amounts of people. Interesting. Um, another gentleman we had that does a slightly different style of comedy was Jonathan Pye. He was on episode 357, which dropped in late April. And it, it, he makes very interesting videos where he pretends to be a reporter. And what we see from Jonathan Pye is the bit that the reporter does 
after recording has stopped and he can say exactly what he wants. And <laughs> there's a very cool clip out there on the internet which explains where Jonathan Pye or the idea for Jonathan Pye came from. Uh, I'm going to play it right at the start of this and then Jonathan himself is going to explain what exactly is going on here. That's not Anne Robinson, is it? Jesus Christ. She's even got got new new tits. tits. (laughs) Can you just explain to us what that is? That is, is Peter Sissons may rest in peace yeah, um, this is the, this is the the birth of pie really um he, he's sat in the six o'clock news room uh studio they've clearly gone to the sport or the weather he's just watching the telly like that and it's Anne robertson and he just looks at her and just goes look at that she's even got new tits this is peter sissons right and clearly he's back on air in 30 seconds uh, um there used to be this show called um, It'll Be Alright on the Night, which was uh, all about, which was all bloopers, right? And now we kind of bloopers, they're, they're everywhere, right? But it used to be on once every sort of six months when I was growing up. And it was like, you know, mistakes from the Coronation Street set or this, that and the other. And it was a real big thing because you never really got to see behind the scenes of things. But it was always the newsreaders that, that were the, um, the, the ones that always stuck in mind. Even from a really young age, there was this... Um, there was a, a newsreader called Colin Baker and he's outside Westminster or something and it's pissing with rain. And, and he's just there going, well, uh, Colin Baker, BBC News, pissed off, wife, two kids, thoroughly pissed off. And he's just drenched in rain. And I always remember that one as well. But Peter Sissons, um, that is Jonathan Pye, essentially. That, that is the birth of it. And I'd had this um, character in my mind for ages uh, uh, based on this sort of Peter Sissons moment. It was never supposed to be political. It was always yeah. supposed to be silly little vignettes of, of what do people, what, what do these newsreaders say as soon as they're off air? Because it's obviously, it's a real prescribed way of speaking, um, uh, broadcasting, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're a Radio 1 disc jockey, you still talk <laughs> like that. They don't, they don't talk <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? But if you're reading the news, you talk like this, and blah, 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 blah. And by virtue of that, the minute the producer goes cut, and you you go, ah, oh, right, who's for a pint? You know, yeah, 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 you can yeah, really yeah. you can really get that 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 flip, you know. Um, so that yeah, that was the genesis of, of, of part. I've been an out of work actor for ages. No one had given me any work for years, and, and so I just went out with my camera and shot these little things, and a career of sorts was born. Really. So was it literally just you throwing a camera up on sticks? having a suit on, putting a fake earpiece in, holding a mic, press and record yourself and then just going. Yeah. I mean, essentially, and that's, that is essentially exactly what still happens, you know? I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm out on my own and you press record and you just hope that, it, and then you have to watch it back. And, 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 and you know, it's, it's pretty lo-fi, really. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in a way that's the, I was about to say that's the genius of it. But that is the essence of it. And that's yeah. why I suppose it was successful. I can just get on my bike and put up sticks and record something, get it out within 10 minutes, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, it, and, and it's the live, the live shows and the things that sort of um, elevate it, I suppose, beyond just sort of, you know, a YouTuber, I suppose. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, if I'm honest, that's been an ongoing theme through people that I've spoken to who are still creating content during lockdown is how do you do it? And all the people that have had the most lo-fi uh, kind of uh, 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 techniques are the people that have been able to carry on unaffected. So again, Russell yeah. was on the last episode. I use him as an example because I literally spoke to him the other day. Just, yeah. I think his videos, he just puts his car in a car mount uh, and then yeah. sticks it onto a window no microphone or anything whereas if you were somebody else like you or him or he had to have you know two cameramen um some lighting and stuff you'd be stuffed now because you can't you literally can't do anything because you have to get your team together i mean oddly the the lockdown series that i'm doing is 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 oddly technically really tough because i'm editing right normally i do everything in one take and you chop and you chop and and then that's it but this i've got to sort of put it together um, and from a writing point of view, it's much more complex because with each one, I want there to be sort of a beginning, middle and end, you know, like a, a satisfactory uh, episode, if you see yeah. what I mean, Where, whereas the three minute rants, it's a rant, yeah. punch, oh, punch, 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 yeah. off you go. Whereas this, you do want to develop that character each time. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it's weirdly more complicated having to edit all, all of it together into something that's a bit more um, uh, satisfying, if you see what I mean. But, Still yeah, no, I, I think... Yeah, go on, sorry. No, no, carry on. <laughs> uh, but but uh, I've lost my thread. Oh, oh, sorry about that. Sorry Lost about it. That's all right. I'll tell you what we've got. We've got, edit a, that we, we, we've got a clip of isolation. We'll drop that for you oh. then. We can give you give everyone a little taste of what it's like. I, I always thought the end of the world was going to be like zombies and shit. Instead, it's a shortage of surgical gloves and the pubs are closed. And tens of thousands of preventable deaths, of course, and a global recession. The world is on its knees. And yet I spent two hours on Tuesday pairing socks. There we go. That's a, I can relate to that so much, so much. I did a yeah. sock count the other day, actually. I'm not going to lie. I did a sock count. Um, 24 pairs of socks that are in pristine condition. Yeah. Um, another 12 that are mediocre. And then five had to go in the bin. There we go. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I did a sock draw. And the amount of, yeah, yeah, I got rid of a lot of it. You know, so, <laughs> so there are positives. Yeah, there is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a little Being sample of isolation. Or. So you kind of like you can hear like you are editing bits together. There is story in it as well, and I, th- I think it yeah. comes across really nice. It's nice to see another angle of pie, something that you can kind of look forward to when the live shows come back. So there you go. That was Tom Walker, aka Jonathan Pie, and um, yeah, man, I did actually say in that episode. I, this is not one of the things that I'm ra- the happiest about being right about. Is we spoke about how we thought that a lot of the tours that were being kind of cancelled and set up for October 2020. I was saying, well, I'm not sure if things are going to be sorted by then, and unfortunately, I'm I'm right in that. So I really hope that all of these comedians and live shows can get their shows out in 2021 at some point. And we, oh my gosh, as an audience, we're going to be treated to so much choice and so many live shows. So, yeah, we need to get out there, spend some dollar on seeing some live shows when we eventually are allowed to. Here's hoping that happens in 2021. Anyway, before we wrap up this episode, why don't we have one more great interview? which is Big Zoo. Big Zoo is actually a grime artist from West London, but he created a massive following, creating content around food that he likes to make. And that ended up in him working with Dave to create a show called Big Zoo Eats. Let's hear more about that from episode 362. Yeah, I definitely do cook a lot. Like, um, I live with my mum. I live with my mum and my little brother. And... Um, there's definitely days where my mum can't be bothered to cook and, and she's chilling. She's chilling. She mm. knows I'll go in the kitchen. I don't have to go buy no ingredients. I'll just see what's in the house and start flexing. And now I'm kind of like, I'm definitely getting into my bag in terms of cooking. I'm definitely like learning. Because I've learned cooking is all about patience. And, um, you know, I'm learning how to like make things from scratch. Before, I never used to appreciate it. I used to think, let, let me just put that Uncle Ben's rice in the microwave. Let me just put that, that, that jar of tomato sauce on top. You know what I mean? Whereas now, it's like, I'm learning. Yeah. Let me take time. Brother, I can't lie though. Just to quickly cut in for a second, yeah. I totally agree with you. And I 100% know that the, the rice that I make, yeah, especially when it's a jollof rice, you can't get that out of a bag. But Uncle Ben's is stepping up his game. Bruv, this cur- I- this cur- bruv that, was all, that was the only rice I could get. So when I went to the supermarket, that was the only rice I could get. And I got like a garlic rice. I got um, a Mexican rice. These were the only bags left. There were like four bags left. And I had them. They're the two minute in the microwave ones. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Doing all right. My Doing all right. That's the thing. That's the thing. It can work. It can yeah. definitely work. Like even when you make, like sometimes when I make a fried rice back in the day, I used to use that. Like I couldn't be bothered to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Boil a rice to then add it into a fried rice. It definitely works. But I think the more I've like done cooking, the more I've learned to appreciate yeah. the process. 100%. To appreciate, like even if it's like 1% different level of flavor, like it's yeah. like that, 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 that I, I think cooking as well, sometimes it's, like, it's therapeutic, man. You have your long day, you're chilling, and now you just focus on... Because you know what's funny? You'll put hours into making a dish, and it'll get eaten in three minutes. That's it's what's mad. so funny about cooking. You'll put hours of effort into cooking, and then it'll get yammed in that like two minutes. But the faster it gets eaten, the better the, 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 the feeling is, because you know that it was good food, you know? So, yeah, it's an actual emotional offering, isn't it? You understand that when you start cooking for other people, when you lay it down, if you see everybody look at it like, oh, then you, it, it hits you, doesn't it? But if everyone smashes yeah. it and goes, yeah, have you got any more? You're like, yeah, yeah. 
It was worth them four hours yeah. of sweating in the kitchen. <laughs> exactly. So what, what's your favourite thing to cook at the moment? Like when you get in the kitchen, um, let's imagine that the supermarkets aren't there. You've got your yeah. favourite ingredients. What are you whipping up for us? I mean, I'm, everyone cusses me because it's my classic dish. I've always loved a lasagna. Lasagna is my number one, man. Um, I just love how um, it's, it's, it's nice tomorrow. You know, it's something you can put in the fridge, eat tomorrow, and it's still buff. So mm-hmm. it, none of it gets wasted. And Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I make the white sauce from scratch, and that's like one of my specialities, making a bechamel, which is like a cheese sauce. Well, bechamel is not a cheese sauce. When you add cheese, it becomes a cheese sauce. So it's just like a white sauce. Yeah, come on, I'm a chef. Oh, look over there, look over there, chef. You know what I'm saying? And then making the meat sauce as well. Before I used to use like dommio and minced meat, but then I learned how to make a tomato sauce from scratch, which is very easy. Just it's just literally like cooking down some onions and adding chopped tomatoes and tomato paste and letting it cook down for like an hour, and that's mm. how you get real rich tomato flavor. Because like like I said, you can add a domio. It doesn't matter. It, it, if that's what you like, that's what you like. But when you make your own tomato sauce from scratch and you use just the little cheap, like cheap um, ingredients to make something that, that, in, that man can shop in a shop for £15, you know? So it's, it's it, I think lasagna is one of my favourite things because as well, when you, you finish it in the oven, you've got to let it set. And then when you know, boom, when you chop up them, when you slice and dice it, people are wanting mm. it. People want the biggest slice. And that's what mm. man always get arguments over. I know I want that. Let me get that corner. The one that's got <laughs> yeah. the, with the I like the corner. Yeah, I'm always like the corner. I've I've got to have the corner Z because it's got the little crispy bit. Oh yes. I'm like, always worrying for that corner, but yeah, yeah. like making a lasagna definitely. That's definitely up there. And and a roast. I'm, I'm I love making a roast. I think roast is one of the most simple things in the world. If, if someone says they can't cook, tell them make a roast because all you got to do is chop some potatoes, chop some carrots. Pull it in a tray, get a chicken, pull it in a tray, season it, make sure you season it, yeah? Make sure you season it. Don't, don't just put salt and pepper, yeah? There's other things you could put, paprika, chili powder, garlic powder. Um, you could put um, all-purpose. I like Maggie Cube. You know, you can put whatever yeah. you want on there. Just make sure you give it some love and flavour. Squeeze some lemon on top. Put some herbs, you know? All these little touches. You pull it in the oven for two hours, mate, and you'll never go Nando's again. But big up Nando's. Yeah, yeah. you know what? To be fair, Nando's tastes all right for me as well. As well. Like, <laughs> I can't lie. But when you make it at home, it's, it's a totally different vibe. But that's all closed now, so people can't go to restaurants. It's like going to the restaurant. When did I last go to the restaurant? It was probably three and a half weeks ago now. So now people are cooking from home. So I think more than ever, due to timing, your show is going to be more relevant than it was before. Do you know what I mean? Because people need to cook from home. They want to see new ways to cook. And again, it's not like you're being Jamie Oliver or Heston. You're not in some kitchen where they've got all this funky tech and fresh stuff. 
you're kind of using what's in the food truck and you're making food for people that are out and about and they want they have specific needs you're like okay cool what can i whip together for you that's sick yeah yeah man uh, uh, the timing is weird the timing is weird obviously it's a catch-22 we definitely would have loved to be able to go on the road and do some serious promotion but take the food truck know, on the road yeah I don't like that. Yeah, that, that was like the main, that would have been sick if I could have just pulled up a man in a food truck, like, who wants some food? But, sick. you know, um, hopefully we get a series two. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, like, like you said, people are home. And obviously, I don't wish people to stay in self-isolation. I don't wish people to stay in their house. But, you know, if, if there was ever a time for people to watch a cooking program, where especially where I'm out and about exploring the world and trying to bring ingredients to you and, and dishes to you, I think I think it's I think definitely a good time for people to take in the, the the hard work that me and my brothers have done and the whole crew. Big up the camera crew, big up the editors, big up all the people that run all the logistics, big up all the higher ups that do all the you know signing off the paperwork because this has made me learn that it's a a process that everyone has to come together. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, man, you totally get the credits now, don't you? Like all of the people that have to put their work in. Boy. Hey, I used to turn off the program at that point still. I'll be like, yeah, on to the next. But now I've definitely, I've definitely learned to appreciate all them names that pop up at the end. And what was sick is when I, when we watched like a couple of the final versions, watching the credits and seeing the names come up, like when you see the cameraman name come up, I'll be like, bop, 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 bop. Then you'll see like the line, line produ- producer. And he'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like being able to connect to these people and then seeing them get their, um, like their gratification from the program. Yeah. Like, because they're not on the camera. All you ever see when you watch a program is the main guy. You see the main guy and you see the extras and you see the boom, boom, boom. You don't ever see the person that's holding this big camera on their shoulder. You don't ever see the editor that's in the, the, the room going through hundreds of hours of footage. You don't see the line producer who has to actually pattern up every single thing to make it run smoothly. You don't see that. So... I've definitely learned to appreciate who I'm working with and, and, and the, the, the effort that people put in to make this happen because you're going to see Big Zoo on the face of it, but this was a bag of people that had to come together to make this work, and I'm very proud of everyone. What a nice guy. That was Big Zoo joining us on episode 362 of How to Kill an Hour. I've been Marcus Bronzy. This has been part one of our best interviews from 2020 because, boy, we've had a lot of great interviews. Uh, coming up in the next episode, which will be dropping next week, we've got Ramesh Rangan Nathan, we've got Shaggy, that's right, uh, we've got Munya Chihuahua, we've got Bilal Zafar, and we've also got George the Poet, Ludwig Garanson, and some mad freestyle rapping that, you know, it's just so nice we had to throw in there twice. Uh, anyway, this has been How to Kill an Hour. I've been Marcus Bronzy. Thank you for joining us throughout 2020. We have got more gifts for you next week. In the meantime, stay blessed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.